Hey, people. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Happy holidays. Happy holidays once again. To you and your family. Yes. We are going to recap an episode from August of 22. Divorce is not an option. Enjoy and God bless. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And welcome to another show, another episode of Doug, Doug. and Renee. I was winding up. No, you got to be wound before I get to you. Oh, I was winding up. Okay, Doug. And Renee. Married life. <laughs> Married life. <laughs> I try to mix it up, man. Try to change it up a little something, something. Married life. We are married and this is our life. Because we are married life. 24-7. Married life. This is us. Married life. Doug and Renee. Married life. We don't care what you say. Married life. Okay. All right. Right now. <laughs> All right. So we want to thank you all for still listening to us over this past two plus years. Yes. And <clears throat> thank you. We just finished our last uh, series. Is that what we call it? Uh, yeah. Our last. We can call it that. Okay. We, we do monthly series. Okay. And so we're starting a new one. A new one. A new series starting a new. Starting a new. Starting a new. Well, we was talking about date me. <laughs> I That's know. We I, I didn't know about. where you were going, so I was like, "Oh." That's what, that was the last series. In the, this one, we are going to come from the perspective of Doug and Renee married thirty five years. I know I'm building it up. I'm building up the 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 expectation. I'm building mm-hmm. it up so we can just hit them with it. Hit them with it. Divorce is not an option. It is not an option. So we are going to be talking about that for the next few weeks or so, depending on how long the Lord tells us to talk about it. And mm-hmm. we'll probably spend a lot of the next few weeks just from our marriage, um, things we put in place that we didn't even know we put in place when we put them in place. Because as you know, if you've been following us, listening to us for any length of time, you know, we were not saved when we got married by any stretch of the imagination. Not um, thinking about it. Wasn't thinking about living for the Lord. Wasn't, no, going to church, none of that stuff. But we actually put some biblical principles in place, which we did not know. And so we'll, I'm pretty sure, talk about that in future episodes. But I want to start off with uh, Scripture. And again, I, w- I want to start off by saying, before I get to the Scripture, we never said we were your pastors. We've never said that for the time we've been doing this um, podcast. So we are going to just give you what God gave us and, you know, hopefully it'll help you out. So Matthew 19, 8 and 9 in the Message Bible. And I want to read um, the scriptures if you don't mind. Well, well, yeah. even if you do mind, he's going to read the scripture anyway. I don't know why you said that. I don't know why I said that either. After I said that, I was like, yeah, I'm going to read it anyway. Uh, <laughs> Jesus said, Moses provided for divorce as a concession to your hard heartedness. 
but it is not part of God's original plan. I'm holding you to the original plan and holding you liable for adultery if you divorce your faithful wife and then marry someone else. I make an exception in cases where the spouse has committed adultery. Okay. Does this, I have a question. Never mind. I was going to ask you a, a, a rhetorical question. The passage starts off saying Jesus said, mm-hmm. since we're not looking at it in the Bible, I was just wondering if the writing was in red. It was in red. Because red Jesus indicates said. Jesus. But the passage starts off saying Jesus said. So yes. that answered my question. Yeah. So this is Jesus talking. And he was talking to church folk. He wasn't talking to those out in the world mm-hmm. doing what they want to do, how they want to do it, because they're old enough, grown enough to do what they want to do. Okay. He was actually talking to church folk. And, you know, he said as a concession, uh, Moses gave divorce as a concession to hard heartedness, but it is not part of God's original plan. I'm holding you to the original plan. That's where we want to start this basis of this conversation mm-hmm. for the next few weeks. The right. original plan. And, and can I add sure you something? Can. So I want to, because I'm usually the softer side yes. <laughs> of the two of us to add well, a little. you haven't been. Well, you rubbed off on me a little bit. Nah. Um, but I do want to say this topic is not meant to condemn those who are divorced. No, it's not. Not by any stretch of the imagination because we do not know people's circumstances. Yep. We do not know if adultery was an issue. We do not know if abuse was an issue. Mm-hmm. We are certainly not saying stay and put up with being abused or anything of that nature. Um, so we want to, I wanted to, before we got deep into it, mm-hmm. to say that first. Okay. If you Good have point. gone through a divorce, don't turn it off. There's some content in here that I believe will bless you because this is not meant to, to slap you on the wrist or to condemn you because you have gotten a divorce. Exactly. That's not something that we um, intend to do. That is not our And I don't calling. think that's what God wants us to do in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, what we would like to do is it is for people who are married, we want to empower you to stay married is for singles who are considering getting married. We want to let you know what the word says about divorce. And it's, and, and as the preacher says, when he's reading the vows, it is not something to be entered into lightly. And so we want to prepare singles as they want to get married. And if you have been divorced and you're Considering remarrying, this podcast is for you as well, because you know if you have been married before, the challenges that you face in marriage, therefore, you want to be equipped if you remarry to not succumb to some of those pitfalls that Mm -hmm. you may have in your first marriage. Um, So we want to help you understand, um, we want married couples to stay married. Um, And so we just really want to help anybody who would listen because we know how important it is to stay committed to your covenant to God. 
And I just I wanted to share that before we got really in the nitty gritty. The nitty gritty into <laughs> weeds. Into the weeds, yes. And you said something interesting. You said uh, for singles, you know, before you get married, whoever's marrying you, just a piece, pastor say, you know, you don't want to enter into this lightly. And the ministry of marriage. And I think it's so important that, you know, we've we've I don't know how many times we've said this on the podcast, but you have to be more committed to the institution of marriage than you are the person you're actually marrying, because there's going to come a time in your marriage where you don't feel like you want to be married to that person, to that person, yeah, (laughs) to the person who you're all lovey-dovey with and, oh, sorry, all lovey-dovey with and you just see you know, stars and rose petals every time you look at them. And, you know, there's going to come a time where it's like, yeah, this isn't working. This isn't cut out for me. You're not the actual person for me. But you have to be committed to the institution of marriage more than you are the person who you are marrying. That was the first thing I wanted to say. And second thing about entering lightly, um, don't be more enamored with the wedding day than the marriage. Mm-hmm. Because we're still talking about divorce is not an option. So if you're more enamored, if you spend more time, more effort in the wedding day, planning the wedding because you want it to be the perfect day. And I have nothing against that. You want it to be the perfect day. You got the perfect venue. You know, you want everything to be perfect. That's your day. You thought about it. You perfect it. color, perfect dress. Perfect groomsmen, perfect bridesmaids. Yeah, you want everything to be perfect. (laughs) And you put all that time and effort into a ceremony. And money. And money. Time, effort, and money. Time, effort, and money. Tim. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Tim. (laughs) Time, effort, and money. You put all that into a ceremony. How much are you actually, or how much did you actually invest in your marriage, into your future marriage? into counseling, coaching, uh, making sure you have mentors or people who you trust or, you know, look forward to or look up to say, hey, if something, can I bounce things off of you, you know, while, you know, we're going through this ministry of marriage so you don't make the same mistakes that so many people have made before you and decide, you know, this isn't the person for me. So. That's that's good. I never thought about that. Um, I definitely thought about the whole wedding thing because we've talked about this when we taught premarital class um, about people investing. What do you, what do you call it? Tim, Tim. T- um, time, effort, effort, money. Time, effort, and money in the marriage in the in the wedding, and then your marriage. You don't put that same time, effort, and money into it. And I never thought about it that as you're planning your wedding day, you need to plan the days that gonna follow mm-hmm. your wedding day. That's that's um that's deep. That's that's good stuff. I'm serious. You really I never thought about that. People need to plan okay, after the wedding day, mm-hmm. after the honeymoon, yes. let's put some things in place. Let's spend some time talking about that and preparing and put some energy in that and spend some money. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's kind of like um, the, the new company I work at, I started recently, 
when you come on board, they provide you mentors, people to show you the ropes on how to do things, how to access different systems and applications and things like that, because they've already been down that road. So if you are seriously thinking of um, being married, getting married anytime soon, that's something that you should, you know, you and your prospective partner should look into, hey, we need a couple or couples that, you know, we both agree upon that believe what we believe that we can bounce things off of and take their advice. And sometimes, you know, it's not even if you're having a problem, you just want sound advice, just like a car. We always we say we always we've mentioned car the car analogy quite a few times on this podcast. Mm-hmm. You don't want to wait till the check engine light come on, take your car to the shop. You, you know, you want to do the preventive maintenance, mm-hmm. you know, the recommended maintenance and all those other things. So that's what we are talking about right now is for our single folks, we want you to have preventive maintenance. We want you to, you know, God bless you and your destination wedding and all those things. I have, I applaud you. I have nothing but the best thoughts and prayers for you and your spouse. But after you come back off your destination wedding, you got bills to pay, mm-hmm. you know, and if, you know, you just got, you got life. Right. And so we want to help you prepare for life after the wedding ceremony. Okay? Yes. Yes. Because divorce should not be an option. Yeah. And when we first got married, you mentioned we weren't saved, didn't think about being saved, wouldn't think about going to church, living for God, or doing things the right way. And I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, when we, just before we got married, and I had a conversation with your mom, who is (laughs) saved, sanctified, and definitely believed divorce is not an option. And I had a conversation with her, and she asked me, she said, can you... Uh, promise, not promise her, but she basically, can I promise that I will stay married to you forever? And I was forever. honest with her. And I was like, no, I can't promise that. Forever. I said, ah, oh, fooey. I said, right. <laughs> well, I didn't say that to your mom. I said, oh, I might give him, you know, we, you know, five, 10, 15 years. I'm like, I mean, because I couldn't see 35 years. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see down the line. Because we got married at such a young age. That didn't help our perspective because mm-hmm. we hadn't really lived and experienced life. But I was like five, I was like five, 10, maybe 15 years. I was like, and when anybody in our, in my family, other than my grandparents, that I saw married. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't see many examples of a husband and wife celebrating 25, 30, 40, 50 years. I, you know, I know your mom and dad, they had been married for quite some time when we started dating. You know what? I've never seen them celebrate an anniversary when my dad was alive. When you just said that, I'd never seen that. Mm. Huh. Yeah. So Interesting. So I I never saw it. So I couldn't tell her, oh, we're going to have a 40, a 35th wedding anniversary, 40 years, 50 years. I, I couldn't tell her that. But um, you had the concept that, you know, this is it. 
That's it. Don't get no better than this. Yeah. <laughs> that was my thing. Yeah, that was his thing. Get, I didn't that I, was my saying. I didn't agree with that though. I was like, oh, it better get better. We were not <laughs> saved. We didn't know anything about the Lord. We didn't know anything about the power of words. We didn't know about speaking those things that are not as though they are. We didn't know anything like that. We I just knew it doesn't get any better than me. And that's what I spoke out consistently in uh the early years of our marriage and you know not to say we didn't have struggle and strain and you know two young kids in the navy i was in the navy at the time being deployed have a little baby around mm-hmm. not not near family there was no family near us because you know i'd been because we moved away from family yeah, we moved mm-hmm. away from family because i was in the military at the time so it was a lot and then for me to, you know, go out to sea and leave you and Dre behind, you had a, a to carry, you know, I don't want to say a burden, but you I had, had the responsibility of being mom and dad. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So all the, all the time I'm saying, all the while I'm saying, don't get any better than this. Don't get any better than this. And Renee's thinking, yeah, buddy. It better get better than this. <laughs> it better get better than this. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> so that that was one of the things we did. And so I want to uh, encourage encourage those who are out there listening to us. You have to start with your words mm. because your words will determine your actions. We mm. know that now. We didn't know that 34 years ago, 33 years ago. Right. But your words will determine your actions and where you go and, you know, your words can basically frame your life because that's, you know, Jesus spoke the heavens and earth, heaven and earth into existence. Mm-hmm. So you just have to understand your words have power. And so for those of you who are uh, thinking of getting married and saying, well, I may have an out, I have options, I may, you know, just in case this doesn't go right, you know, you got your plan B. Meaning mm. another guy, another lady, or, you know, plan C. If this doesn't work out, I got this. If that doesn't work out. I think when you go into marriage, there cannot be a plan B. Cannot. That's just my personal opinion. I don't believe you can have that plan B or you can have money set aside in a secret account just in case. Right. See, I don't believe that. To me, that means that people are planning to fail. You have to plan to succeed. And that means having different plans in place to keep your marriage going, not a plan just in case your marriage doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So you got to have a plan A, and then you have contingencies in there. Well, if this happens, this is what we need to adjust. And if this happens, this is what we need to do. Because, And then there are going to be some things that's going to happen that you don't know that's going to happen. Just like what, what happens mm-hmm. if the unexpected happens? Which happens. Um, and so you have to really plan to have stick to mm-hmm. because there are going to be tough seasons in marriage. If you stay married any length of time, there are seasons where it gets hard. It's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The Bible is clear. To everything, there is a time and a season. Time to be sad, time to be happy, time to laugh, time to cry, time, all, all of that stuff. Time to plant, time to pluck up that which is planted. 
read Ecclesiastes 3. It's going to list all the times and seasons there are. So in your marriage, you're going to have times where you're happy with one another and you're going to be times where you're not happy with one another. And then what's crazy about it is that it may be at different times. There may be a time when you was happy with me and I wasn't happy with you and I wasn't happy with you and you wasn't happy with me or vice versa. Or vice versa. And so, vice versa. All of that. <laughs> sometimes we wasn't happy at the same time. Sometimes we was happy the same time. Sometimes, sometimes you're not you happy with yourself. So, hey, everywhere you go, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> Got to live with you. Got to deal with mm-hmm. you. Um, and so, if you're not happy with you, if you're not happy with you, y'all you know are. why my voice went up. Then how you expect your spouse to be happy with you? And That's you, another story. And you were talking. Well, we were talking about having money set aside, secret accounts. And one of the things I, I wrote down was before we started recording this particular podcast, I heard something on the radio. I don't know how true it is, but it was saying, you know, money is one of the biggest uh, issues in marriages, you know, mm-hmm. lack of money, you mm-hmm. know, strain, stress in marriage. Uh-huh. But if just for those of you out there who have your little secret stash and your husband or wife doesn't know about it, what if your secret stash wasn't a secret and you put that money into the the pot of the house mm-hmm. so the bills could be paid? Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't have that strain or that struggle of, oh, we don't have money to do this. We don't have money to do that. But yet, technically, you do have the money. Mm-hmm. You're just holding on to it. Then your spouse doesn't know about it. And again, I know I'm speaking in generalities. You know, maybe there are some spouses where... They should, they're not trusted or they're not trustworthy with money for whatever reason. I, I get that. I understand that. But I'm just speaking to the, the person who's, who was told and taught that you need to have a little something on the side just in case, you know, your husband goes left or your wife goes right. Then you need to make sure you have money set aside to, you know, go get you your own apartment, your own car, your own whatever. Mm-hmm. So just... Just be mindful of the things we were taught earlier in our lives that maybe sounded good or sound good, but they're not biblical. And hopefully at some point in the next three or four weeks, we'll get into some of these sayings that people say that just aren't, they're just not biblical, but we've heard it and we just thought it was the gospel for, for years. And it's just one of the hardest things to do for me, I, I learned was unlearning things that I thought was right. Mm-hmm. That was that was kind of difficult for me. And to go back to something you were saying uh, when you were talking a few minutes ago, everybody has to go through everything. Bishop Jakes used to say this years ago when we was at the Potter's house, when it's time for you to go through your go-through, you got to go through your go-through by yourself. And so I don't care who you are, wh- where you are, you're going to have to go through something and you're going to have to go through it. Some things you got to go through by yourself. You know, some things you and your spouse will go through together, but there are going to be some things you go through by yourself. And it's not necessarily, you know, your prayer partner can't help you. Your pastor can't help you or whoever, you know, I don't care how many, you know, conferences you go to, you still going to have to go through what you have to go through to get what God wants for you. And so you just have to be mindful of that. And we just want to 
again, it, it starts with your words. I can't stress that enough. Your words will um, dictate a whole lot because your words will dictate your response or the response possibly back from your spouse on what you say, how you say it. And so, you know, if you're going through a, a tough patch right now in your, your marriage, I would say watch what you say. Be mindful in what you say and how you say it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, Nay? Yes. Renee? I do know. And I want to say hang <laughs> in hang in there if you're having a tough time. The, again, to everything, there's a time and a season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not cliche where people say, and this too shall pass. It's true. And this too shall pass. How long? It, it, we can't say. It could depend on what you're saying that keeps you in that situation longer because you're speaking negative. And so you're just perpetuating the problem by not speaking positively. And you know what I wrote down? What'd you write down? He jots down notes when I'm talking so he doesn't interrupt me. That's so nice. Season. You don't get to dictate how long you stay in that season. Oh. It's based on what you just said. Uh-huh. You know, you don't get to dictate that. You, you don't. You don't. But you can stay in it longer. We see from the children of Israel. Oh, yeah. That they, it was an 11-day journey. It took them 40 years because of their murmuring and complaining. So we're not saying anything that hasn't happened in the Bible that we don't have examples of in the Bible. Your murmuring and complaining can keep you somewhere longer than God intended for you to be. But if you do what you're supposed to do, then you have no control over the 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 predetermined yeah. time that God ordained that season. That, that season that you're going to be in. And so you just, as Doug said, you got to be careful of your words. Um, ask God to show you, to catch you, because sometimes we do stuff out of habit for so long, we don't even realize that we are... Um, a Debbie Downer or a negative Nancy, as they say, you know, we always speak in negatively. And sometimes your, your spouse will be the person to point it out to you and you may not want them to, but just hear their heart because sometimes what they're telling you is from God. God's trying to point something out to you that may make you feel uncomfortable but it's actually helping to change you for the better, which will actually help change the relationship. Can you repeat that? Uh, <laughs> can we rewind it? I said, sometimes your spouse, and I'm probably not going to say it exactly the mm-hmm. same way. Sometimes your spouse will point it out to you. Mm-hmm. And God is using your spouse to help you to improve or to become a better person, which would inevitably help the two of you. Okay. Okay. And I think, um, I think for us, we, we go through that. I mean, this is Doug and Renee married life. So let me keep it real with you. Doug points stuff out to me all the time and it drives me crazy, but in, in, in hindsight or a few, uh, maybe a day, Maybe a week, maybe a month, maybe a year later. <laughs> you should see your face a year later. <laughs> it finally resonates with me that God was using him to point out a flaw that God was trying to get out of me or God was trying to change in me. 
I'll use an example because they probably like, what you talking about? I got a mouth. I, we could be in a grocery store. <laughs> and see, he's laughing. And I have a problem with people not saying excuse me. Yes, he does. Um, I'm like, it's two words, three syllables. Excuse me. And pardonnez-moi if you don't speak English. I speak, I, I'm, I'm multilingual. You know, you yes, could say you it to me in, in, in French. You can say it in Espanol. I, and I will understand. Um, but that bothers me. And instead of me internalizing that bother, I will say it out loud. I will say, excuse you, or I'll make a comment. And Doug will politely call me by my nickname and tell me, Renee, you, you don't have to say that or quiet down or something. Or if people are invading my space before the whole social distancing, I loved social distancing. I don't like people close to me. Mm-hmm. I would say something. That was if some, a blessing in disguise. That I, t- I was like, thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Now I got, a, I got a reason to say, um, you see that line on the floor that say six feet? You have crossed that line. You are too close <laughs> to my behind. <laughs> y'all, can't see me, y'all can't see me pointing. But, in, um, but I would say stuff out loud and Doug would say, Renee. Thank you for shh, listening to our podcast. You loud. Because then I gotta go and chill, hang, you know, and and people. The reality of it is, you don't know where other people's mindset is. I might be talking to somebody who's crazier than I am, and I'm not trying to fight. I'm 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 too pretty. I'm not trying. I'm 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 just trying to stay safe. I'm just trying to stay. Yes, yes, Lord, help me. But Doug will point it out to me. And, and so, so, so the, right. Oh my goodness. And so now when I'm in the store by myself, I'll catch myself. Even when he's not with me, I'll hear him, you know, saying, Renee, it's not that serious. And that's usually what he'll tell me, Renee, it's not that serious. So that's just one example. But God um, will use your spouse to help you. And you need to be open to that, especially when we pray and we say, God, help me to be a better person. And then our spouse will point something out to us, and but we don't see that as God. We're like, who, <laughs> who she thinks she is? Who he think he is telling me I got a big mouth or telling me I spend too much money or telling me, you know, whatever it tell is. tell you about you. Right. <laughs> you ask God to help you be a better person. God is helping you be a better person. And you go lash out at your spouse. That's the, uh, that's the other part we don't get to pick and choose. Yeah. How God chooses to do that. Yeah. So, again, we just want to encourage you, watch your words. And if you're having a rough patch, just start speaking. Divorce is not an option. And we'll be back with you next week, hopefully, to share some more insight on that. God bless. <laughs>